Tonight's episode is brought to you by the Be Real Podcast Network. For more episodes like this, go to breelnetwork.com. Enjoy the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another awesome episode of Movie Guys Podcast. Tonight, we're talking about Mother. I am Jordan, along here with Eric, and we have a special guest host. You hear him on our sister show, Podcast, and he'll be plugging his other shows in, but Brother Brandon is here tonight joining us. Hello. Welcome. How you doing, Brother Brandon? Brother Brandon. <laughs> Brother Brandon. I like it. Oh, yeah, you should be there for Podcast, Eric, when we have our other guest host, best friend Ryan. <laughs> so, but, such clever titles. Clever. It's just funny. It's because it's because uh, coming full circle here. Brandon and I started our own podcast show on the trunk of my car in 2009, and here we go, almost 10 years later, and we're joined together again for Movie Guys Podcast. This and nothing's changed. I'm still in a car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Right. So. Uh, but anyway, tonight we are talking about Mother, um, a movie uh, personally for me that I was so excited for because uh, Aronofsky has always been one of my favorite directors um, and majority, not all of everything that he makes, I thoroughly enjoy. We'll see what I feel about this movie. And of course, I'm, guy, I'm sure you guys will give your opinions too. But no, I was hyped. Were you guys hyped for this one at all? Nope. <laughs> um, honestly, it was one of those things that just snuck up on me. I didn't know that the marketing ploy was it just came out of the blue and then of course the whole thing with paramount pushing for a wide theater release you know this is something you wouldn't suspect to have a wide release but paramount pushed it and all of a sudden out of the cracks of some obscurity mother coming to a theater near you and i'm like oh okay i didn't know he was doing another movie i know right i mean because for the longest time i mean in this guy's history i mean of course he made requiem and in the fountain wrestler and black swan and some other ones but you know, for the past 10 years, this guy has been pretty much in limbo in a way. Like, he, um, he, was, he was attached to do the Wolverine, the one that became um, uh, oh, the yeah, Japanese yeah. Wolverine. He was supposed to do that. Uh, he was also attached to do um, a Batman movie, which that fell through. See, I don't remember that at all. Well, well this, this was in... No, no, no. This was because he doesn't get... Like, Rachel Weisz doesn't let him out of the cage often. You know, and so this is all. Oh, post- they're still together. No, this is post-divorce now, where he's just like, oh, okay. oh I'm gonna make <laughs> the body. He found Jesus after the divorce. That's that's how bad it was. <laughs> hey, it, it'll happen. So good for him. He's back on the right track. So basically, he's <laughs> going after Jennifer Lawrence, which I had no idea that they were banging. Well, oh yeah, they when was that a hot for a hot moment here? During during filming, they got uh, they got it on. Well, geez, yeah, yeah. I, I can imagine uh, during that opening scene, he was probably just like, "Hey, listen, uh, just to cut down on budget, um, I don't think we need a camera crew. I'll just me and her will just go up to this house with a camera, and I'll just <laughs> have her just walk around going, "Hello, hey, where are you? Just wearing that beautiful white night for, for a day, you know, <laughs> for a weekend nice. actually." I mean, yeah. Uh, so what? What open a movie, huh? Well, I guess the yeah. fire, the fire part was was that part, but uh, I mean, we'll get to that one. So that that was pretty obvious because uh, you got to see a lot of a curve and a lot of uh, uh, well, we had to see a lot of Jennifer yes. Lawrence in this movie, and 
I I think a lot of people focused on that more than anything else in the movie. Like a lot of these headlines that I've been seeing are kind of like that's that's the sellable clickable point. That's the clickbait right there, right? Yeah, uh, Jennifer Lawrence and White Knighty, or just even her name in the in the in the top billing as well. You know, I think that's another reason what small crowd this movie, you know, warranted. It was oh, Jennifer Lawrence is in this. Time to go see another movie. Not really going in knowing who Darren is. Uh, when you guys had told me about when I I didn't know about this movie until I saw it on the on the list and I looked it up. I didn't realize oh. there are that many big stars in here, man. Like. You did not know this movie put up. Really, you did not hear those about this. Put, put, I don't know. Yeah, it, this is not even kidding you. This this has happened pretty much every goddamn Darren Aronofsky movie, where uh, somebody will just go, "Hey, Eric, do you want to go see the new Darren Aronofsky movie? It came out today." And I go, "Oh, he had a new movie. It came out today. <laughs> yeah, I'll go Why? see it. What, what is it? What's it about? Never heard of it. Yeah. Let's go." You know, and... I think like uh, like uh, I the only two movies that I can uh, well I can, might as well say three the only three movies of his I can remember having pretty much a, a really good marketing was Black Swan the Wrestler and then Noah like those are the only three I can remember you know a good month or two well before its release date already getting information already getting news everything else like the Fountain Night that was another the Fountain was something I just it just came out of the blue as well I didn't know it, it existed until it came out. Which well, is funny because at the time it was Hugh Jackman that started, and Hugh Jackman was huge at that point in '06. In the in the fountain, yeah, I think he did like, a great job of that movie. Um, yeah, so and this, I mean, he's been uh, nominated for has has he himself been? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Hold on, I'm looking up. I'm trying to look up his credits here because he's been to the Oscars many. Yeah, nominated for one Oscar. Just for one, Black Swan. Black, <laughs> Black Swan won though, didn't? Uh, Nellie Portman win? Yeah. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, didn't won, yeah. didn't Mickey Rourke win for the wrestler? I don't think so. He is the uh, Tarantino, right? Everybody in his movies gets a reward, but he doesn't. Is that what what it is? The the, the Scorsese. Pretty much, right? Nominated for no, two I'm... Oscars uh, was the, was the the wrestler. And won Golden Globe. Mickey Rourke won uh, oh, Golden he Globe. He won. He uh, yeah. He won Golden Globe. Nominated. He and Marissa Tomei both nominated. Nice. nice. So I mean, I was I was excited to see this because I mean I fell in love with Aronofsky because of Requiem. I mean I saw that at a very good age at eighteen when I was in film school and and everybody's like if you like Requiem you should see Pie and I'm like oh my god I hate Pie, you know. But <laughs> it's you know it's so but no I saw that and I've been watching all the guys work since. Um, and of course, you know, he gave me, uh, he gave me, uh, one of my favorite actors, Jared Leto for, uh, you know, uh, for a Requiem. So I, I was, I was really excited, especially with the cast. I mean, Jennifer Lawrence, Javier Bardem, Ed Harris and Michelle Pfeiffer. We're going to get a cult movie guys. That's what the trailers were telling us. It was going to be Ed Harris and Michelle Pfeiffer or cult leaders. And that's not at all what this movie is, but that's well, that's what, what the, the trailer is cut in a manner like that. It's yeah. the trailer is a little misleading. It feels like a psychological thriller. It does. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't see the trailer at all. I just I, I walked in just knowing I had to see this movie. Yeah, yeah, actually, brother Brandon, that's actually a thing for Movie Guys podcast. Eric does not watch trailers because they he not no speaking for you, Eric, but he hates them because the trailers literally spoil everything in a movie. So when oh, he yeah, sees the trailer, no, I, he's like, I nope, remember. I'm done. Uh, I remember his stance on it. He was uh, 
uh, he was able to tell us that on our trip to Pennsylvania. Yeah. Oh, that's right for Kong. That's right. That's right. So, anywho. Oh yeah, that's be... right because fuck. That's when I saw Zordon on the on the screen for the first time. <laughs> yeah, you were yeah. so pissed. Pissed me off, man. You were pissed. <laughs> All right. Um, so this is a part of the show where we talk about our movie experiences. Um, brother Brandon and I and his friend Josh went to go see this the last show, ten o'clock last night. The theater was not even packed, not even full. There was probably, what, maybe 10, 12 other people in the theater, not including us? Yeah, I'd say. A, a decent handful for that time of night. Yeah, but it's like and a bad turnout for that time of night. No, yeah, especially for a Wednesday night, uh, Tuesday night. And then I asked the lady who got the tickets. I was like, has everybody seen Mother? And she's like, no, everybody's still seen it. I'm like, my God, it's been out for three weeks. Um, but uh, our theater experience for Brother Brandon and I was very... Uh, it was mixed. Say, it was I a mixed bag. Was it? Because majority of the people literally stood up at the credits and said, fuck this movie. And they just <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, that, that, that happened. There was, a, there was one guy, he was with his girlfriend. Oh, he was, oh, he was vehement. He was, you could see the steam coming out of his goddamn ears. He was just like, this movie doesn't make any goddamn fucking sense. And then the lady <laughs> right next to him was like, right? I was behind it till late, until about halfway through, and then I was, I was about tempted to leave. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, usually go with somebody like your mother or something like I went, that. I went, you, I was, what was your theater experience? I went with my dad this time, actually. Um, he wanted to go. And... Uh, it, it was um, it was a good turnout. It was a good showing. We went kind of on a Sunday afternoon, so it was it was the busy hour, you know, um, even uh, evening even. But people walked out. Oh yeah, there were I'm pretty sure a few people I remember who walked out and they didn't come back. Oh man, like because uh, of the I, slow burn or. I, I don't know. I don't know what part it was around. I I know there was. I mean, there was a loud gasp when the uh, when the, that uh, a certain part happened. Oh, <laughs> we'll get into that. We'll get into that later. But uh, but after that, no. I mean, for the most part, people. Were, I didn't understand why people were walking out. Like I I was intrigued by all of it. Like going yeah. up into it, and again because I didn't know anything about it at all. I'm really like really taking in every detail. I'm, tr I'm absorbing everything, trying to, f to piece it all together later. Like, okay, well, what are they doing? Why is this happening? Why is she being such a, why is she being, uh, you know? Right, right. And trying to kind of figure it all out. Um, there and... were a couple of people behind us and I, I, I know the exact moment when they started shutting up, but these were the people who were commenting on every little thing. You know, the classic, oh, don't, don't touch that. Don't go over there. What are you doing? There's, there were those people. But the moment the last 20 minutes happened, not a goddamn word from them. <laughs> yeah. I think at that point they were like, oh, okay. It, it played very well like a Darren Aramossi movie. There, it was a lot of it, and then this is what it would did kind of bother me, actually, but it, after a while, I, I kind of understood why he was doing it. Um, a lot of the camera shots in this weren't like your typical kind of follow camera shot. He got really close to their face, almost like okay. uh, uh, kind of Silence of the Lamb style. Like, he got really close to their faces. It was very intimate for every shot that they were doing. And I, I, I was just like, how... Where what what are you getting out of that? Why is this such a thing? I mean, is it more personal? And now that I like, do I feel for this character more because we're so close to them, or like what? Or is it just because it's of 
uh, where your focus is and you're highlighting on the peripherals a bit more. Like, I, you know, right. I, I, I want to know why, what the decision was for these camera angles. But uh, let's let's get be honest for real, boys. Like, the star of the movie was the house. Oh, that house was <laughs> gorgeous, dude. Oh, my goodness. Too bad it's not a real house and just a soundstage, right? Is it? Oh, that house was gorgeous, dude. Oh, I would... I would, I'd kill a man, I think, to maybe get that house. I mean, like, there's only one. Hitman, if it was a good scenario, and I was like, you know, do, but that's actually, um, I'm getting carried away in the hypothetical. But it, <laughs> it's a beautiful house. I, I am not the one that talks much in theaters, unless it's the kind of movie that calls for it, you know, like, uh, you know, you know, like a Friday the 13th or like a Saw movie, you know, like. Something like that. But the only thing I said in the movie theater when I was watching this, I don't know if I said it to you, Brother Brandon, or to our other buddy that went with us. I said, I would I never know. live I had in this. I piss like five times. You're true. <laughs> the beer, um, beer shot right through me. I was <laughs> saying about I was saying about the house, uh, I would never have bought that house because that basement alone is stuff that nightmares are made out of. Uh, I mean, that, that basement is terrible. I know. No. And I'd, uh, I would, I'd purchase it just because it's got its own goddamn oil drum. Yeah, you know, you'd be does. like the Beverly Hillbillies. You struck oh, gold. Oh man, yeah, Texas tea. <laughs> nice. No, I mean, like, uh, I mean, we're getting close here, everybody, to our spoil, to our spoil-filled review. Uh, if you have not seen Mother and you have an interest in seeing Mother, I'm not going to tell you to stop the show right now, but you're probably going to be either really intrigued or disappointed when we start talking about the spoilers. But before we do that. Eric, yeah. what did you think that this movie was about? We know the ending. The oh, theater. So, okay. You were, you were like, oh, this movie's about this before My, we get into the actual real thing. All right, that's cool. Um, yeah, so, you know, a, you know, directed by Darren Aronofsky comes up, title, title uh, credits roll. Uh, and I'm just sitting in, in the chair just going, like, trying to register all of it. Like, taking it all in, just going, what... What the fuck just happened? Because it happened very fast, but seamless. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. like it, it was, it, it was very fucking well done. It played like a nightmare. You know, like like I was in a bad dream, and it was very, uh, it was crafty work. The camera angle and, and uh, how it carried out the rest of that movie that I was talking about before those, those camera shots. You know, it, it really. Uh, carried you along with this this a little bit more anyway my interpretation was is that uh because it, it all took takes place in one area just this house this gorgeous house i thought that the movie was a bit more of a metaphor for kind of like a broken home situation type thing where oh yeah uh um the characters that came in represented different assets or different issues or 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 different insecurities something like that like ed harris was always was smoking uh, uh-huh. uh, so I thought, oh, okay, well, he's like the smoking habit, you know, that, uh, that the husband has. And then when Michelle Pfeiffer came in and she was like drinking and being like, uh, kind of, you know, flirty and stuff like that. Like, okay. Well, she's like the, the promiscuous and the alcoholic side that kind of lingers over this, this marriage type thing. And then more people started coming in. One's arguing about money. The other one is, you know, it, you know, uh, when the, the, the kids start coming in and then more people started coming in and I was like okay well this represents this in a relationship you know these I thought it was uh, where it was 
you had this relationship built, these, these two fine living in a house, it's great, but then suddenly all these issues start moving in with you. Right. That's what I interpreted it as, where all of these uh, these problems in in a, a once empty home is now becoming cluttered. It's now tension is there, you know, and you, you don't feel safe anymore in your own home. So it could have been like for maybe even a, like an abusive home type thing, too. Um, right. No, that's that's interesting. I like that. Yeah. So that's what I thought. too. There's more details, too. But if I go into detail for that, then I, I think I would give away a, bit, uh, a little bit more. But that's that's all in all what I thought of uh, it, it being where uh, I thought instead of being a scary movie, I thought it was a metaphor for some sort of, um, yeah, some, some sort of relationship like that. Right. Brother Brandon, you had an interesting theory uh, on what you thought when we left the theater. What was yeah. your opinion of where this movie went? And Eric, you're going to find this interesting. Um, yeah, the uh, man, as as it played out, I wasn't. I was really trying to piece together. It, like the movie became fun for me because it almost became a puzzle piece. Yeah. And by time, uh, by time I got, by time you get to that ending, I almost had an idea for me. And my idea for me was that the movie itself is about a struggling artist or a creator. And the, the reasoning behind that is I, I looked at Javier Bardem as the egotistical side of an artist, and Jennifer Lawrence was the rational side to an artist. Two sides of an artist that never click. They never, they oh. never combine, and they're always struggling. So then when, and then the house, before I move on, the house, then I looked at it as the embodiment of one's own work. So then when both Bardem's character and Lawrence's character, you know, since they're in a constant separation, um, the moment that they give birth, it's the birth of an idea. It's two sides of an artist coming together and then giving an idea. And then, um, however, the people within the movie, I felt they were the invading force. And um, it's an invasion of one's own work because no one treats work anymore, especially a work of art anymore, with respect. And it becomes constantly reshaped and demolished in order to adhere to like a marketing, systematic marketing ploy. Sure. And then the death of the baby, I looked as as like the death of the idea. And then Lawrence setting fire to the house is the creator setting fire to everything he owns, he or she owns, and then starting anew. Oh, spoilers because... there, everybody. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, overall, that's how I interpret To me, it was... And whether it's it, whether it would, would, have, would have been about Darren himself or a personal artist who's trying to do stuff on their own, that's how I was looked at it. It's two sides, Javier and Jennifer always clashing. And then, you know, that moment where she's like, you know, you just, you, you don't have, essentially you don't have the balls to fuck me. You know, when yeah. she says that, that's essentially the creator's mind saying, okay, now we're coming together. It's the egotistical side and the rational side coming together to make an idea. So that's how I took it. I mean, it's, I, I like I'm it. sure. I'm sure it's probably off the wall, but I don't know. To me, it's just, especially since the egotistical side is always saying, like, Javier Bardem, he always wanted the admiration of others. And then oh, Jennifer yeah. Lawrence, so she had this thing of being like, why why am I not just enough? Yeah, no, I, I completely get it. I, I, I like that interpretation, too. I like both of ours, I think, better than, than what we got. But, uh, I mean, it, it, what we got, it it makes sense. So yeah. it's kind of so it's kind of hard to argue, but I think I think the my, my deflatedness comes from it being like oh I kind of like my idea better. 
<laughs> right. Well, there's an, and, and so like not to be not to stretch it out longer. There was another theory I read from someone else who had another awesome theory. Listen to this shit. So someone out there thinks that this whole movie is about an invading disease on the human body. Javier Bardem is the human brain. Jennifer Lawrence is the human heart, and the house is the human body, the physical shell of protection. And then one of the first signs of an invading sickness is with Ed Harris because he's a smoker. Yes. Jennifer Lawrence, the heart being, don't smoke in this house, please. Don't don't put smoke in my body. Oh, okay. And Michelle Pfeiffer, she's an alcoholic. So with smoking and alcoholism coming into play, two brothers then come in. The two brothers that come in, they act as the physical stress of the body. And then when one brother's killed, that's the immune system being okay. demolished. Getting the spoiler there. And then all of the people come in. That is the disease taking over the body. That's inter- yeah, that's an interesting one too. I like that. You know, so it's like it's this this movie is warranting so many more other theories that are that are so much that it has so much more weight to it than what we were given. Yeah. Well, and and see now this is where we come into play. Here is the spoilers, and I actually like Aronofsky's version. I I love everybody's opinions. But to me, this makes sense. So last night, I was trying to figure out what was it about this movie? So I go home and I lay in bed and I read the plot on Wikipedia. And then it flat out says, in an interview, Jennifer Lawrence said she's Mother Nature. And I'm like, oh, I get it now. Yeah. Um, So that's the plot. Essentially, when you see this movie, folks, Jennifer Lawrence is Mother Nature. Javier Bardem is God. Um, Ed Harris and Michelle Pfeiffer are Adam and Eve. And then the two brothers are Cain and Abel. Gable or Abel? Abel. You're right. Abel. Cain and Abel. And they didn't say this in interviews, but the Herald starring Christian Wig? Yeah. I, I would argue maybe is Lucifer. She's uh, the publicist, right? Yeah, the publicist. I would say she's kind of Lucifer. That's never said, but after thinking about the movie more, always have to do this, always have to do this. Hey, don't worry about it because remember we saw her. Now we're getting into spoilers. Uh, we saw her, you know, you know, like we saw her executing people, and you know, wanted Jennifer Lawrence to take part in the madness. Lucifer, yeah. and then of course the baby that gets sacrificed is Jesus. Baby Jesus. Baby yeah. Jesus. So uh, when I read that, I I, I really like Brandon's theory uh, when he told me that last night. And Eric, I think you have a great uh, theory on it too. And then another one about the house being the human body. That's perfect. That's a great idea. Yeah, I like that. That was pretty cool, too. But I like this because this is, this is so batshit crazy that it all makes sense to me now that she's Mother Nature. Because there are two things in this movie that I never understood. Why is she always touching the house and there's a heartbeat or something? And then what is that stuff that she is drinking? See, I don't know. That's so, not in, in terms of like maybe even a creationism metaphor. I, I don't, I'm not sure. So the theory about that is that because it's yellow, that it was it was the the warm and beautiful uh, nurturing rays of the yellow sun that she's that she's taken in. Oh, and the part when dying, she so. and gotcha. the part when she dumps it out is the part when she takes her being into God's will. Basically, she's gotcha. just like, "All right, well, this guy's fucking driving now," and <laughs> yeah. she just dumps out her stash. Yes, you know, so since we spoiled it for everybody, what do you guys think of this being a biblical story? Uh, I mean, for me, honestly, I I kind of wish, and some of the fault, I think, falls on Darren, because Darren apparently just 
didn't even give this movie any time to breathe before he came out and was like, well, this is what it's about. This is what I wanted to tell. And I'm just like, well, buddy, maybe you shouldn't have done that because I, ambiguous movies, to me, carry so much more weight. Yeah. And it opens up a more healthy discussion. On you know, different people interpret the movie itself, and then that, and and in that, it grows. It's like with Kubrick. It's like, what if Kubrick just before he died, what if he came out and was like, "Well, I'm going to tell you why Stephen King or why uh, Jack Nicholson is in the photograph. I'm going to tell you the actual meaning of the cosmic baby in 2001." You know, or like, what if David Lynch was like, "Oh, I'm going to give you step by step, play by play, what Mulholland Drive means," and then if you do that, it no longer becomes. You know, it, it almost becomes meaningless because you're taking away something that has such an important discussion. You know what I mean? Like it, it's it. I I would never want to go back to those movies, or I wouldn't go back to them the same way. I guess I should say. Well, it's I guess part of it, right? It's part of the art is letting it make it so that you can interpret it to what you want it to be. Like, how do right, you right. want it to make sense to you? And yeah, part of me wouldn't mind wanting to like know like the answers to David Lynch's movies. Like that would be great actually. Uh, but <laughs> just like, just, uh, just maybe just one bone you can throw us. You can keep <laughs> just the, you know, like what the hell was the drug scene when they were passing around all the drinks? Anyway. Uh, but in, in that part, I, I do enjoy that too. I, I, you should let it breathe a little bit because it adds a little bit more of a mystery. It might get some talk to it you know and and right you might get the people that extra buck out of people who are just curious because of this of this little bit of a buzz that's going on too um yeah see that's probably where that's probably where i made the mistake like i i had i had beer goggles on when i left the movie like i was i was treating this movie like some cheap date when i had too many drinks because i was ready to own this movie i was ready to praise it because i kind of kind of had this thing of being like, well, this is going to be the next big discussion. This is going to be, you know, this is something you can see in like in film classes being discussed over and over. This like, uh, like pretty much like Nolan's memento. You know what I mean? It's just something that's just always discussed and it's always going to transcend time because it has that important weight to it of, even though my theory may not be right, my theory can be debunked. What's yours? And then you build off that and it just, it's almost becomes tangible. You know, like it, it cultivate, it cultivates into something so much more bigger than what the artist even had intentions of doing. And that's what I was hoping this would have been. But now that we blatantly know the answer, I'm almost kind of like, well, okay. Like I said earlier, it, it needed to breathe first before just coming out and being like, well, this is what I wanted to do. At the same time, because we know what it is now, I'm now focused on the other aspects of the movie of his adaptation and to know um, into that part and give to that credit. Like as I mentioned before, the the transitions of of the chaos of, of how it goes from slow to like, oh, whoa, wait a minute here, whoa, wait, this is becoming something. This is becoming an issue now, you know. And like, there's this panic, mm-hmm. this this anxious moment here where you you just freak, you're you know claustrophobic, and you. And those moments, like really, I felt it. It was it was really well done. I, oh, I, I like that. So I focus on absolutely on that now. Yeah. Um, the other part of it too is that because oh, we know it now is it being an interpretation uh, basically of of the Bible pretty much. I was like, oh, you know what? Okay, I'll give you I'll give you one for this. Is that adding perspective to an old story helps breathe new life, and right. I I really enjoy that, and I really hope 
that um, other directors should take note of that too, especially people in Hollywood who would like to reboot so much old shit. If you could just take <laughs> kind of the old story and then kind of slap something a little bit new on it, uh, I mean, and you kind of do that. I, I understand to 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 a point, but make it you know a bit more palatable and not you know vampires and werewolves are basically the next Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> yeah, can we right. not do that? You know. Uh, can we, you know, make it to something a little bit more? But that's what this, yeah, this movie I, I, did. Yeah, I, I, I totally think. agree. I, I can see where you're coming with that. And, then, I mean, I don't want to sound like an elitist asshole here. I mean, at the end of the day, this is his work of art. He can do whatever he wants with it. I, I have no say in that matter. Um, but I don't know. I it's Do I hate the overall idea of what it became? Not at all. Like, I, I can go back and start, like, picking out things I obviously missed yeah. the first time I go around. Agreed. I think what's most important is I'm glad he had the balls to really put everything we're going through as a society. I'm glad he had little snippets of that in, in, the, in his last 20 minutes, like, blatantly and just strongly showing us police brutality, war, like, the famine that's still going yeah, on in parts of the country that shouldn't be. You know, and it's, it, that was, yeah, exactly. Um, or, execution. Or a holo Holocaust type thing. Like, yeah, very, uh, yeah, like that, that's that part where it, it, it literally felt like I have had that nightmare before. And I was like, this right. is Right, and we, we, we've been living that nightmare for the past year now. Like, you open up Facebook today and it's nothing but horror, 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 doom, doom, doom. Yeah. Oh, man, like, but I, I think, I, I, you know, it's... Do you guys remember Whiplash, like that movie, where it all built up yeah. to like that moment? And when it yeah, happened yeah. after, you're just like, oh, fuck. Like, that's this movie, it just kept on building all the way up. Now, the ending wasn't as powerful as Whiplash. Like, I don't think any ending will be. But fucking, uh, it just kept on building up all the way to that point where you're just like, holy shit, man. Uh, and exactly yeah i felt breather, the same way man like i had to take a breath just to be like man i, I need to get out like just whew, and a sigh of relief just because of how much pressure it was into it i i really appreciate it for that much but that's again i think i'm the only talking about the only maybe memorable quality of this movie besides the biblical talk of it but oh and the ass of course the tits and ass like <laughs> like this is you know like hal berry and short and swordfish you know Right, it yeah. Would be, yeah. It would not be a movie guys uh, episode without boobs and, and ass. You're <laughs> right. No, I just um, what I also find interesting is that you know, you know, since since brother Brandon and I saw this movie last night, um, I started to go online on Wikipedia and Google, and I started to you know read more about Genesis and everything. And really, I mean, it is it is it's it's like my interpretation of it so far of, of Genesis is God's kind of an imperfect God, you know. And that's exactly what Javier Bardem is in this movie. I mean, he is imperfect. He thinks he knows what he's doing. He thinks he's being almighty and kind and Selfish wonderful. Selfish God, man. But he cannot control the one thing. The one mistake that he did is free will, right? And that's exactly what happens. He just hmm. can't stop it. Um, by the way, the only thing that I call bullshit on, and I don't know if you guys agree with me on this or not, if, you know, if they want to say, you know, that she's Mother Earth and he's God, where at all in this movie is Michelle Pfeiffer and Ed Harris, uh, Adam and Eve? I don't see that at all because my viewpoint of Adam and Eve is perfect, 
beings, and then when they disobey God okay. by taking the apple right. from the tree... I'll take this. You know? Yeah, please, because I'm confused on how they're Adam <laughs> and Eve. So um, the best way you can go about it, I guess, are, are a couple of different ways. Uh, one, when Ed Harris's character as the man was first introduced and... Uh, God was kind of intrigued and, and showing him around and really like opening up everything, showing him paradise, right? Uh, he takes right. him into his office and he shows him that crystal, the forbidden fruit right there. And he's just like, this is mine. Ed Harris is like, oh, wow, this is fucking dope. Can I touch it? And that's when God was, had said, whoa, no, 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 you can't touch this. Nobody can touch this. This is my baby. I love this. You can't touch it. I'm going to place it over here. And Ed Harris is first like, okay, well, fuck, man. You know, you're you got some sort of hard on for that thing. I'm I'm gonna go downstairs and have another cigarette. You know, type thing. <laughs> Eve, Michelle Pfeiffer comes in, and she is the seductress. She is the one that lures. So she's kind of half playing Eve, half playing maybe a serpent. You know, but she is the the the, the temptation, and she's the one that lures Ed Harris's character. Uh, Adam, or one of the men or whatever, into the office, and she is the one that caused them to break that because she's like, I'm so sorry, and, you know, all this all shit. So, right. there would be your implication, is that when she comes in, she kind of lures, and, and you can see all the time, too, uh, she um, is changing Ed Harris. Like, he behaves differently around her, and she's just kind of this bitch, I guess. Yeah, every time, every time uh, the two times they kiss, it's not just a peck. It's uh, it's a little sloppy. It's a little intimate. Yeah. So that's. Yeah. <laughs> so that's this is interesting, character. because there's something I just remembered, Eric. While you were saying that, that makes sense because when the man Adam shows up, and they're drinking all night, and then she wakes up, Mother Earth wakes up. And he is thrown up in the in the toilet because he drank too much. And then he had a wound on his rib. And yeah. what was the next right. scene? It was the woman showing up because God created woman from removing the rib from man. Yeah, that was an interesting part too. Yeah. What was I just figured that? Out. What was uh, what was in the toilet? Was that a heart? Was that his rib? What was in the toilet? Jennifer Lawrence saw. What was that? Oh, that's a good one. What was that? Hmm. Can we Google that while we're while we're doing this? <laughs> I'm trying to remember. Oh, is that the? It almost like it was going to clog the toilet, but then the toilet sucked it down. Yeah, yeah, it sucked it down. It looked like it was a heart or something because it was not a rib because that would have made sense. But he was throwing up something. I, I mean, no clue. Uh, let, I don't know what that. Let is. me see if I can like, Google it right now. Uh, but, but why is what? Go ahead. Did you you muted yourself? Okay, I um, I, I gotta find this thing. <laughs> Sorry about that. No, I was just saying. Uh, I was saying thank you so much for saying what you said because I remember Ed Harris getting sick, and then you know you see that wound on his rib, and I'm like, oh, now that that, that makes sense. Good. Oh, wow. Okay. So it is. It is more clear because didn't all hell break loose when Jennifer Lawrence walked in on them almost having sex, essentially, right? That's when all hell kind of broke loose. Who? Uh, Ed Harris, Michelle Pfeiffer? Yeah, well, they weren't really having sex, but she was wearing, like, risque stuff, and, right? And because that's when the sun showed up right after that scene. Right, yeah. Which is even, I'm, it's, it's cool if, I mean, if it's gonna be, if this is Darren, well, I shouldn't say if, it is, this is Darren's interpretation. It's cool that he even went the extra mile, because I, if I remember 
this uh I can't remember who kills is it is it Kane the meat bad one? Kane or is kills Abel, right? Yeah. I believe. I whoever whoever ends up being who, there is a mark in the story, there's a mark on the forehead that gets left behind. And they actually have that mark on the brother's head when he gets smashed into um, uh, when he gets smashed into the dresser. Nice. There's a mark yeah. that gets left on his forehead. So I mean that's it's the little details like that, I guess, that are that's impressive. That if he was gonna do it, he went the extra mile to make sure those details were implemented. That's a good point. Wow. You see now 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 I even more like the idea of this being, you know, the creation of man and, and Garden of Eden and everything, because this is now making sense. Everything comes into play. Shit. Right. Uh, Makes total sense. All right, guys. So uh, just word to the wise, don't ever Google mother toilet scene. <laughs> <laughs> I, I bet you like i bet you some fans already did that with that um is there is there anything about the tree of life that you guys have seen in this because you know there is a tree of life which has the apple that's the forbidden fruit is that kind of in this or is that just gone you guys think I, i'm still trying to find out what the hell was in this toilet man i'm, I'm not even getting it's it's a bloody heart i don't, I don't know what it, it is uh, what is it a bloody heart? Is that what that is? I don't know. No, I, never, maybe, never mind. Maybe I don't know. No, that was at the end when she had her heart ripped out. I don't know. I don't know. I think like to me, I uh, Jordan, to answer your question. Um, I don't know if if there is. I I can't place the tree of life. All I could really place definitely is that the house is Earth. Yeah. And there's a um there's a moment where if you see that one of my actually one of my, my one of my favorite moments is you get to see early on Jennifer Lawrence painting the walls but she's not doing it in a quick manner she's taking her time with it she's being real soft and smooth with it she's mother earth is painting earth in her image nice and nice. there's a moment where if you remember the first gathering of people which was like a um like almost like a funeral service there was people started just kidding paint rollers and just started painting all willy-nilly and then uh, Jennifer Lawrence is like, "What are you doing?" It's like, "Oh, we're just helping," and that's almost that's almost us putting our our footprint on Mother Earth, and Mother Earth being, "No, I've got this. I don't need your help. I was doing just fine." That, that's so very that's, fascinating. That's very interesting. You know, right. and um, yeah. or even the two people that kept sitting on, oh yeah, uh, kept sitting on the thing, and they kept, she kept telling them, "It's not braced." And like, no, it's okay. See, look, and they end up breaking it anyway. That was well, that was that was the flood. Right, right. That was the, oh, that's, so, that's, that's Noah the flood. the flood. Yeah, it was when those two broke the sink and all the water, the water went everywhere, and uh, that was that was supposed to represent the flood. Because after that, that's when she gets fucked. That's when she gets. That's when the uh, she gets the baby, and that's uh, right after the flood part. And that's when it gets quiet for like the next nine months because they had washed all that shit away uh, in the flood. Yep. That wow. Okay, now this movie is even getting cooler in my. Opinion. And then you could even take it even further because the reason why why Javier Bardem is having writer's block is because the very first thing he wrote, which is praised, you could look at that as a representation of the Old Testament, and then the new thing he writes is the New Testament, and it becomes this whole thing of admiration, and that's when the huge wave of people come because now the New Testament oh, is this thing to praise. Fucking good call, man. Nice. Um. That was nice. Uh, I was watching a um, um, Good Morning America interview with Jennifer Lawrence. I sent it into the link to you, Brandon, earlier this morning. And uh, she said the original title for this movie, which clearly sells it, it was called uh, The Sixth Day. 
Oh, because, okay. <laughs> because the because on the seventh day God rested. Yeah. So so this is called so this was originally called the sixth day. Isn't there an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie called that? Sixth Sense. No. Yes. No. Wait. Yes. It is the sixth day. <laughs> That's probably why it wasn't titled that. <laughs> it's probably Darren is probably like nope. So um, so they have sex and she and I said this joke last night. She has uh, they have sex. She wakes up and she says whatever college girl says after one night stand. I'm pregnant. Uh, <laughs> and all of a sudden, uh, it's nice and calm, you know, um, like uh, Eric was saying. I mean, the flood has washed it off. Uh, it has been eight, nine months. She's ready to pop. And um, he finally gets inspiration uh, after she says that they're pregnant. And he writes this, the New Testament, essentially. And this is when hell breaks loose. And then this is where I say that the Herald comes in, which is his publisher, Kristen Wiig as Lucifer because um, she easily takes part in the madness that, that erupts. She never questions anything. She's part of the anarchy. And then she even tells mother earth, you know, Hey, Hey, why don't you come on and actually do this with me? This is cool. Yeah. You know? And then also Kristen Wiig tries to execute mother earth as well. Well, then there's, there's even to go further on that. There's even moments of, you could say, that uh, when Jennifer Lawrence, as Mother Earth, starts getting starts becoming more angry, there's a moment where she falls to the floor, screams, and the floor cracks. You could almost take that as an interpretation of natural disaster, like uh, an earthquake. Here we go. Uh, there was also references to the seven deadly or the to the ten deadly plagues. No, seven. seven deadly, I believe. Se, no, seven deadly sins. It was uh, to the plagues. Okay, the plagues. Oh, the, oh, okay. I see what you're saying. So the toilet scene uh, represents water into blood. One of the plagues. Okay. Uh, there's a bullfrog coming out. Oh, yeah. I remember that. that. Uh, the fly that landed on the belly up in the kitchen is locust. Uh, okay. Basement light uh, bursts is darkness for, you know, the, for three days. Death of firstborn son. Obvious. Pretty much like that. So we're missing, like, uh, what? Lice. Disease livestock. Uh, boils, oh, thunderstorm of hail. Hmm. So, some are trying to find some inter interpretation to, to say that these are, uh, that the, some plagues have been kind of sprinkled about throughout this movie as well. Right. Interesting. So, now the movie, so she has this beautiful dinner, and uh, the publicist comes, and then all of a sudden, a sea of people start to arrive because they are worshiping the poet, and all hell breaks loose. I can even tell you everything that I saw in this, and I can even tell you in the order. You got, you got raging orgies. You got, you got rave parties. You got <laughs> destruction. You got military action. You got uh, police brutality. You got uh, rising up against brutality. You got, you got. Holocaust, you got jail, you got everything that is terrible that the human species has done on this planet. And she goes up into his office, which what is the what is the biblical reference to the office? Heaven? I would Garden of Eden. It's Eden. Oh Eden. Oh, because oh, because after because after um they break the shit, he boards it up. He, he kicks him out and banishes him. can't ever go back in there. It's Eden. You're right. Okay, that's Eden. That's a good point. Okay. She gives birth, and he sits and waits for her to fall asleep so he could take the sun because everybody wants to see the sun. 
And of course, it 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 was terrible for me to see. But the crowd grabs the sun, the worshippers grab the sun. And for the people who have not seen this movie, <laughs> when we say a crowd of people, I don't mean a crowd. I mean a fucking city of people. Like like there was thousands, tens of thousands of people. Oh, in this, that, house. This, this is a packed house. T- picture like yeah. a fucking wall to wall packed frat party. Yeah. Just <laughs> just. Filled, you uh, know. Yeah. Frat just, party on heroin. Just, just, just crazy. all you see are just heads and hands, you know, just like yeah. arms up. And just... they, uh, they grab the child. By the way, did you guys see the little tidbit uh, that Aronofsky did, where, uh, where, uh, where the boy, uh, the baby boy, was actually urinating when they were carrying him? Around yes, the we, we all saw that part. Yes. Okay, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that was. <laughs> And of course, they snap the kid's neck. She gets through, and then she sees that the son is disemboweled. And then I was telling Brent, uh, Brother Brennan this last night. Aronofsky is brutal because he does not pull away. She starts going nuts and starts killing people with yeah. shards of glass. And then they start beating her up, and we felt every hit, every kick to the face. Just wow, was that a brutal beat up scene? They were tearing off her clothes, and oh my God, yeah. brutal. <laughs> That was yeah. She got her ass kicked. But I mean, that 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 could contribute to you know us and like you know the use of fossil fuels, pollution, like that those blows that she's delivering. You could almost interpret us as delivering the harmful blows to Earth. Of oh yeah, course. sure, yeah. I mean, and then, yeah, and then yeah, and then and then of course her killing us with the shard of glass is what um, weather you know like like thunderstorms, tornadoes, hurricanes, stuff like that maybe or. What the shard of glass? I'm sorry, I cracked when up. She, when, she, when, she, when she starts killing people, um, okay, after they kill the baby. Ooh, is that like good that call? Like, could that because it's glass? It could be like just gonna represent like ice or, or oh, ooh. like like Mother Nature's wrath, the fury. Yeah. Did you? Yes. All right. All right. I'll go with that. I'll allow that one. We can, we can accept that as a as a plague. I'm sure it will be wrong later, or you might be right. Who knows? Who knows? And then she finally gets down to the basement, and she gets the oil drum, and she's going to light it all on fire. Javier Bardem is pleading with her not to do it, and of course she ultimately does it, and gets burned alive. She's still alive, and he carries her up. He's completely fine. She says, who are you? And that's where he says the line. One of you guys said it. Uh, Brother Brandon, was it you that said that line? Uh, something about I am one or whatever like that? It's like a passage in the Bible. Oh, yeah. No, I think it was Josh that said it. But, I mean, it's, it's essentially him revealing himself that, that in a roundabout God. way, you know, yeah, that he's an almighty being. So the house is burnt down it, pretty much. It's all in ashes. And uh, she says, take my – he says, I need your love. And he reaches into her chest and pulls out um, the the forbidden fruit, you know, the uh-huh. golden diamond. And he puts it in place, and everything goes back to the way it was before. And we get a new woman waking up looking for her husband. So right. my question is, this is kind of my last question before we get into our overall reviews. Is this just an endless cycle until mother earth conforms to God? Well, or is, I mean, how's that, how's that going to work? I, I, when the, the new, a new woman waking up in the bed, I took as once I started realizing what the overall idea of the movie was, I looked at that moment as what if this, what if Jennifer Lawrence is the earth that we know? Okay. Because everything that happened is everything we're familiar with. So what if that moment is just one failed existence of many? 
You know what I'm saying? Almost, you can almost kind of say like, um, like a multiple earth scenario. So since everything we connect with, with Jennifer Lawrence, that's what we are familiar with. So when a new woman wakes up, it's God trying again with a different earth and trying again with different scenario that we may not even know what happens. Brandon will it work out? Will it not? Nice. I like how you put in the multiverse. That's wonderful. I have to in everything. <laughs> yes, you do. You love the multi. <laughs> so we have dragged this on long enough, uh, but we're getting to our final reviews. Um, so Brother Brandon, we'll have you go second here, so give you a little chance with it. So okay. Eric, what is your overall review of Mother? Is it worth it? Is it not worth it? Um, so um, finding my words, I, there are parts of this movie that I liked. And it wasn't just the beginning with, with Jennifer Lawrence. There were, were parts <laughs> of it I liked, that I, that, or I should say that I respected and I appreciated. Um, it was not my favorite Aramovsky film. I I definitely was was interested all the way through, like I was intrigued all the way through. I, I enjoyed it. I, I'm not upset by the explanation that we that we now know that it's pretty much just an adaptation of the Bible. Uh, I. I don't know. I'm just kind of, you know, okay, thanks. I don't need to see this movie again. And I don't think anyone's missing anything by not seeing it. I don't think this is worth it, man. Like, I don't know. I I feel like this is like, yeah, I saw the movie, but I'm going to forget this one next week kind of mm. thing. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. Like, again, it's almost like let down the mystery's out, you know? Don't say any. Don't say anything. Because now that the puzzle is is there, it's just like, oh, okay, well, I guess I'll just throw it back in the closet and move on to the next one then. So right. that's kind of where I stand with it. I, I I was happy walking out of it not knowing what it was about, and then when I read it, I don't know, it kind of took some of the fun out of out of it. I'm not upset by what it was interpreted, but I don't know. I, it's um, interesting movie all, all, all the same. The camera works great. The way that it drifts into Nightmareville is fucking insane, and that's awesome too. It's it's a bit uncomfortable at times to watch. Uh, it's a bit anxious, I'm sure, if you're that. I don't know. I don't think it's worth it, though. I, I really don't. That's that's my opinion, guys. I think you could pass on this one. Hmm. Interesting. I thought you were going to say the complete opposite, Eric. I I enjoyed it, but I just don't know why this movie just is not striking it with me, man. Like, there's is there something about it where I'm just like, yeah, okay. Like, like the thing, I, I, there's not any part of this movie that I really can't say that I didn't like. I, I really did enjoy it, but I don't know why I'm, I'm not just stuck on it, man. I, I really don't. I, for not any one particular reason, I, I, I feel that uh, I saw it once, and I really don't need to see it again. No, that, that's that's very valid. That's very valid. I just. I, I was just shocked. <laughs> so, brother, uh, brother Brandon, is yeah. mother worth it or not worth it? Um. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna say yes, only because uh, for some reasons. I think um, for one, for a, for Paramount, a big studio, to back this, to stand behind this idea, and I think that's important, especially since uh, it. We seem to be in a world right now where the blockbuster is taking over and, uh, you know, where studios are only taking the safe route and wanting to go with with properties that people are aware of because that's the only way to get asses in seats. The fact that Paramount took a stance, I think, is important. I think it may 
it may be showing a shift in more creative titles coming to our theaters. In that sense, yeah, go see it because I think it warrants your attention. I think it warrants your brain to, to have some kind of critical thought for once. Like walk, you know, like comprehend, walk away with something, even if you don't like it. I liked it. I didn't love it. And even though I may not like the overall stance and what Darren wanted to do with it, I still walked away with something. I walked away with not only an experience, but my brain worked. Like it was, it, I was putting together a puzzle that I wouldn't have done if I didn't go see it regardless. I agree hundred percent. And I think that's important with anything. It's why you go to the museum and stare at a painting for an hour is because your brain is trying to piece to, what does it mean to me? Like, why, why is Salvador Dali's painting where everything's melting? Why is it melting? You know what I mean? Like it's almost that sense. You're, you're working your brain. And I think every movie, regardless if it's B movie schlock or an art piece, there is something to be said. Every person goes into this with something to say. And I think Darren had something to say. He said it. I love the ballsy moves of the last 20 minutes, everything that we're experiencing now. I'm glad someone as a director had the balls to be like, look how terrible of a race we are. Like we don't have to be this ugly towards each other, but we are. And he, he showed it to us blatantly. And I like that as well. I love uh, one location movies. I like things that take place in one location. Sure. I, t to me, it, it, it forces a creator to get even more creative with what limited space they have. Um, so yeah, I say go. Um, if you're not aware of Darren Aronofsky, let this be your first interpretation. If you walk out mad, fine, walk out mad, but at least you walked away feeling something, and I think that's important. Very, very well said. Um, for me, I'll make it short and sweet. Um, I don't think this movie's worth it. Um, I said it last night. I've said it all day. I do not like this movie, but I respect the living hell out of it, and I respect... I, and what I mean by that is I respect it because, like just what Brother Brandon said, we got something that is not a Marvel movie. We got something that's totally different by a director who overall is not a terrible director. But in overall this conversation, I will say, the, in my opinion, the reason why that him and Jennifer Lawrence actually spilled the beans about what this movie is actually about is because I think that they just want to ultimately get the people in the seats because at the end of the day, the industry is still a business. And if maybe they're saying to everybody, hey, this is about the Bible, maybe they'll get more people in the seats to see what this is about. Maybe. Sure. Maybe. You know, I don't know. That doesn't justify I'm still it. on the fence about this movie, man. Like, Yeah, I mean, like, I'm going to own it. And see, that's the thing. And, and what I mean by I don't like it but I respect it is I don't like 2001 Space Odyssey. It's, it's boring to me. It's, it's a very dry film. But I respect for what it does. I respect the director, and I, and, and I respect the cinematography and all the effects that it did. Because without it, we wouldn't have gotten Star Wars and Alien and so on and so forth. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not a fan of it, but I have to sit down and psychoanalyze it and figure it out because that's why I respect it. It's, this is something that's not Marvel Civil War, where I can just go, oh, this is cheap fun I can have on when I'm sweeping. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, this is something that's good, and that's why I respect it. Uh, but ultimately, yeah, typical moviegoer, they're going to walk out just like our audience did with Brother Brandon and say, well, that was fucking shit. <laughs> this movie is not made for major, major audiences. But, uh, uh, but this episode is. Thank you so much for downloading this episode. Uh, we greatly appreciate it. It was fun to have Brother Brandon here as a guest host. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for having me. Um, I, like I said, this, this was one of the first movies in a long time to make me other than the wit, like the witch, uh, even like earlier this year, it comes at night. 
there was a lot of like uh, comprehension I was putting towards. I fucking loved that movie. And again, it was unlike this movie, it stayed ambiguous and you have to, you have to kind of develop your own resolution. And I love shit like that. So, I mean, it, for, for me, I had to be on this episode because I, there's a lot of things in my head building up and I had to get it out and had to talk <laughs> to someone about it. So yeah, thanks for letting me be on it. Thinking man's movie. Nice. And um, also, everybody, you can check us out at movieguyspodcast.com. Check us out at movieguyspodcast.podbean.com. On Twitter, look for at movieguyspod. On Facebook, movieguyspodcast. And on iTunes, movieguyspodcast. But before we go, Brennan, short and sweet, you not just do Movie Guys Podcast. What else do you do and where can people find some of your stuff? Well, it's not up and operational yet. I'm finishing it up now, but um, I will have a, a tri-weekly podcast coming up called Don't Bend the Page. And it's uh, book reviews on all of the cheesy, ridiculous, horrendous 80s paperback books. The ones that got swept under the rug, and it's my job to unearth them. And I'm going to read them, uh, <laughs> try to study them the best way I can. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be every three weeks because, you know, I have to read it and take sure. notes, of course. But, um, yeah, that's that's the podcast I'm going to be doing. I'm hoping to launch it the first or second week of October. And also, Brother Brandon's on another show called Podcast, where we talk about everything from our childhood in the 90s. And, of course, those are all part of the Be Real Network with For Your Distraction, Hey, I Like That Game, and much more. But, hey, uh, Brother Brandon and Eric, thank you so much for joining me on this discussion of Mother. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. This is the longest episode ever in the history of Movie Guys podcast, so we hope the fans enjoyed it. And <laughs> we'll be back next week for another awesome movie. Take care, guys. Have a good night. Yep, see ya.